Um, I'm sitting over here because I'm trying a new thing now. I don't want to sit in the couch can anymore. Can I take the couch? You can take the couch. I feel like it's it's making me soft. It's making me soft in my uh, in everything. I need hard chairs. I need in austere. austere I'm a very Spartan guy. I need. I say he says this as I look over on his um, kitchen or his uh, coffee table and see a jar of 100% extra virgin <laughs> coconut oil. <laughs> In my defense, if there was anything, any adjective I could use to describe you, it's a hundred percent extra virgin. <laughs> now my weed dealer sold me a bunch of weed in this, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she was trying. Hey, you to know you something. live in a hippie town. Yeah, <laughs> you fucking get your weed in a shea butter fucking right. tub. I was just trying to roll a joint before you came over here, and um, man, it's so humid. Everything is soggy. My weed is soggy. My rolling papers are soggy. Mine's soggy. <laughs> My mind is soggy. Um, yeah, no, I got to sit in this chair, man. Um, and it's the same way at work, too. I can't have cushioned chairs at work. You never get anything accomplished. I can't. I, Just I, I, settle I can't right have, in. I can't have comfort. We're going to see We're gonna see how this works, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, um, because I, I just feel like. I already feel like I'm under police question with these <laughs> track lights. lights in my damn Maybe face. Maybe that's why I'm having a hard time over there on the couch. The couch is very comfortable, but it's... Um, it knuckles down a jack. <laughs> you want me to turn him down <laughs> a, little a little bit? bit just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, yeah. It puts a lot of pressure on you. <laughs> I never thought I would fold under questioning, but <laughs> I could see how their methods could work. How's that? That's good. That's kind of seductive. Yeah. I went to the sexy lighter. Um, well, damn! Before I turn, I meant to show you this before I turned the lights down. The front page, the front page of the Mountain Eagle today. Did you see it? Not it. Uh, deputies recovered twenty thousand, twenty-seven thousand dollars in fake cash at Millstone. Dude, I was laughing my ass off at this fake cash. Look at the pictures on it. <laughs> it's got like Ulysses S. Grant on a fifty-dollar bill just scowling. <laughs> got fucking Andrew Hamilton. Looks more like John Kerry. You mean Alexander Hamilton or Andrew Jackson? Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Hamilton's on a... Uh, what's Hamilton on? I think he's on the 10. He's on the 10. Yeah, Andrew Jackson's on the yeah. 10. I just thought it was hilarious. Look at Ben Franklin, though. He's got this, like, pursed-looking mouth. Like, his lips are pursed. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Pretty goddamn funny. God, what's so... F- and look at Ben Franklin. Oh, I know. I know. It's weird. It's really funny, though... Because I didn't None know of their expressions fit what they really look like. Well, I well, trust me, I look at a lot of money. <laughs> well, that's what I'm confused about. Like, I didn't know counterfeiting money was like. Did they not? I don't understand. With modern technology, can't you just like put a paper uh, dollar bill on a printer and just Photoshop the photo of the actual dollar <coughs> bill onto a dollar bill? Like, you ma- the- you're making the case for the mark of the beast. <laughs> Uh, you yeah. know, an, an old an old hustle uh, in college. I never did this, uh, but I knew of people that did this. Was they would take like a counterfeit hundred dollar bill into like a busy bar, yeah, and then they would go just buy like one beer, yeah, and when they would change it out, they would tiff them out of that change and then just pocket the rest of it. Oh yeah. That it's is like, brilliant because it's too. There's too much shit going it's on. Too dark to, to see. Like to know if it's a. Now they have like I guess the little marker pens. I say that like they just came out oh, yesterday. Yeah. They've been around since then. <laughs> yeah. But then like it's what you do. Like if you get caught, you're like, oh shit, man. I 
must have got that changed out at Walmart or yeah, something. Yeah, they'll do that to you at Food City if you hand them a $100 bill to do the marker. Yeah. Or they'll hold it up to the light. You ever <laughs> say, what are you, the police? <laughs> it's real goddamn. <laughs> but speaking of college, by the way, I was thinking the other day, do you think that you're... I, I, I think I uh, legitimately... Do you think that you're the only person with your tr- specific trajectory, you're the only person I know who was in a frat in college and now is a lefty podcaster. <laughs> if if uh, you, <laughs> hey, but you, if, unless you count um, uh, Rob. Uh, Rob Wisman. Rob Wisman. He was, he was in a different fraternity at the same school as me. True. Okay, fuck. Well, um, I don't know that he's technically a lefty <laughs> podcaster. I'd say he's a podcaster with left politics. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Well, I, I was laughing my ass off to myself thinking about that, though. Yeah. I was like, man, we've got a, we've got a special one in that Tom Sexton. Well, what's funny though is that the two guys even in in that similar trajectory in the same scene went to the same <laughs> fucking the same. bullshit <laughs> yeah. school, in Kentucky. <laughs> That doesn't even have accreditation anymore, no, right? No, fucking <laughs> our most prestigious graduate is fucking uh, what's his face? What's that conservative game show host doing? Um, Steve Inskeep from Let's Make a Deal. No, Steve oh. Inskeep went there too, but uh, Morning Edition. This is Steve Inskeep, not Wink Martindale. What the fuck is his name? Help me out here. Um, now he's like a conservative talk radio guy now. Peter Sagal. No, hold on a sec. I'm having a serious <laughs> brain. I'm uh, I'm on day uh, two of keto, and I'm already having brain fog. What's keto? You know, the low carb thing. And it gives you brain fog? Oh, dude, serious <laughs> brain fog. I can't fucking do anything. I was standing in line the other day at Food City, and the Cosmopolitan or some shit said, like, to get rid of brain fro- fog, you got to eat a lot of f- fruit fiber. So I guess, a, I mean, there's probably truth to that. I got to Google this, man. I'm fucking... I got a fuckload of blueberries in my freezer right now. If you want to... If you want, we can... We can put them in your ass. And uh, that's the quickest way to get that fruit fiber, man. Just, just keep, right the, keister it. Yeah. Um, Steve Inskeep. Not Steve. Steve Inskeep is the NPR <laughs> morning edition guy. This guy hosted fucking Morning Edition. Hollywood Squares or some shit. Maybe let's make a deal. Dude, I was laughing my ass off the other day thinking about... Uh, Chuck Woolery. Chuck Woolery. Yeah. But he's a right-winger. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A serious right-winger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's Both got... the spectrum. But he went to Moorhead? He went to Moorhead, yeah. Wow. Billy Ray Cyrus went to Moorhead. Wow. <laughs> Kenneth Freed, <laughs> NBA player. <laughs> Phil Sims, New York Giants legend. Well... Um, perhaps you've heard of a little school that I went to called South Plains College, <laughs> <laughs> Level Land, Texas. Go Broncos! <laughs> what's your ma- what's your mascot? Uh, it was mu- I think it was Mustangs. Mustangs, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it was. I know a guy. Uh, my friend. Matt, I don't know if you met my friend. You've met my friend Matt, big lumber and goofy guy, yeah. coach basketball. He yeah. was he's was going to be the coach at South Plains. No shit, basketball coach. Yeah, big well, JUCO school apparently. Man, they've got a. It is. Uh, like for basketball and football. Yeah. yeah. And they've yeah. got a really good music program. That's why I went there. Interesting. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to. I thought I was going to be the. Ki- I was going to be like a mixing engineer, like a sound engineer. Nah. I thought that was what I was going to be. And then I got to doing it and I was like, this fucking sucks. I just want to play music. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to mix ones and twos. Yeah. 
I don't want to do the ones and twos. You don't want to be on the ones and twos? No. Only if it's podcasting, because it's very easy. There's three <laughs> channels. <laughs> Guys, uh, get into it. Everybody's telling everybody podcasting's canceled. I beg to differ. You think it's coming back? It's a low our... barrier to entry. We really did get in at just the right moment, because if we had just waited another few months, maybe even weeks. <laughs> maybe even days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we would not be here. If, if the, really, if, honestly... If if the JD Vance clamor hadn't happened when it happened and we that's, got in, that's true. If we'd have waited till it died down, we'd have been sunk. <laughs> yeah, gotta get a little luck in this life. To you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, you want to hear some speaker pieces? We haven't done it in a while, but uh, there was a few good ones. Um, just because the best ones are Christian ones. You want to read them or you want me to? Now let me see what we got over there. I circled you got some. Circled? I circled some that you should that you should look into. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> Wait before you start. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I like this. This grabs my immediately. <clears throat> All you Donald Trump fans should read the Manchurian Candidate. <laughs> It came out in the 60s. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I think most of us have either heard or seen the movie that's came out since then. Or even With Denzel Washington? Yeah. Yeah, the, the remake was Jonathan Demme film. It's good. The Manchurian Candidate looks so much like Donald Trump, it's pitiful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I don't really know what they were getting at there. Does th- are they saying that Donald Trump is like a super soldier? That was like, what was the Manchuria candidate about? It's like the. I think it was like about a. Uh, a guy. I didn't watch it. I just know what it is. It was like about a. Um, yeah, it was like a, a hostile ex- foreign power put. Yeah, a candidate I think, in. I think it was kind of the sort of Lee Harvey Oswald thing. Uh, it was like a hostile foreign power brainwashes a candidate to hear a certain word, and when he hears that word. Kofifi or whatever. <laughs> God, <laughs> he, I thought we agreed not to say that. <laughs> he assassinates like the president or whatever. So I don't know. I don't understand that analogy. Donald Trump is not an ex-soldier. Definitely not a super soldier of any kind. No, just our big wet boy. <laughs> uh, I think it's simply amazing that a large number of the people who go to church in this country every Sunday are going to bust the gates of hell wide open. <laughs> Because their preachers preach to them false teaching. I I circled that (laughs) for several reasons. First of all, the notion that like the gates of hell are just busting at the seams. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's just trying to get in. Yeah. Or out. (laughs) Or just that it's just packed. Yeah. Packed house. But the second Uh, reason before you go further, before you get too far down the road, I just I think it's hilarious that (laughs) let's say that Christian theology is right and if we don't say the right combination of words or feel contrite for things that we've unseemly things we've done, that we're gonna get sent to this cosmic realm that's really hot Uh (laughs) and has and has gates apparently. Right. If you're already there what in that scenario makes you think you're going to get at? Like, let's say you get, let's say you 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 get past the gates. Then what do you do? You just kind of like, <laughs> you try. Uh, to okay, stay. it's still pretty hot over here, but where where are you going? Well, you you need to try to stay as close to the gates as possible because that way you'll probably be able to get a draft. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. the body heat, you know, like the heat, body, everybody's body heat. It's like yeah. being at a concert. That's kind of like what hell is. Yeah. Just being at a concert. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes that is true, depending <laughs> on the concert. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, no, another reason I thought it was funny was because um, I, I, I think it's really funny that American Protestants have this idea that like they're so dialed into their own sort of tiny isolated denomination nah. that they literally think that like they're it, the difference between a Lutheran and a Baptist and um, old regular Baptist or Presbyterian or whatever is so vast that it will land you in hell <laughs> in the inferno like they, they, they think that there's so much distance between those uh, yeah 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 it's like <laughs> no I I don't I just don't uh, I don't know it's it's a lot of work um, to maintain that kind of maintain that kind of Christianity or that idea of Christianity you know and what makes you think that it's the right way anyway right 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 well I don't know I guess it's because maybe the Presbyterian Church has better cake than the Baptist Church they have the worst music <laughs> tell you that Presbyterians have the most dog shit boring music what is it it's just fucking piano rock <laughs> <laughs> no, Jay, it's not even piano rock. It's just it's Billy. <laughs> it's fucking. They just play piano, man. When you go in there, right, right. It's uh, it's Randy I, Newman. I'm gonna pivot on piano rock. I, I guess I do like Jerry Lee Lewis and Randy Newman. Like man, I a love few Randy Newman songs. Randy Newman. Um, he's got that one song where he says the N word, <laughs> but it's like. Is it okay? Because it is satire. Well, it's kind of he's embodying a character. That's <laughs> a. Uh, I'm not touching that. You're not touching I'm that. Not, I'm not touching that. True. Yeah. Well. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Moving right along. To certain Put people. The paper over your face. To certain people. Is it true you all are hackers? <laughs> That was that one was. I would have never guessed it. I thought you all were above that. <laughs> I really need to pay more attention to what I think are good people. To me, hackers are lazy and spineless. Mm. I need to pay more attention. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm confused here. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But the notion that like you call into the speak your peace line, maybe that's what they were talking about. Maybe they're talking about the people at the Mountain Eagle. You knocking on the door? Are you hackers? Hey, hey you guys, hackers! <laughs> you hackers! What happened to the hacker? The left needs more hackers, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Where you been, dog? <laughs> 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 what happened to hackers? I mean, that's probably the. <laughs> I mean, good kind of hackers. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I just mean that, like, okay, so we're not going to be taking down any kind of. Um, we're not going to be like. On the barricades with Kalashnikovs anytime soon, right. shutting the system down. But if we had just a few good hackers on our side, man, they could wasn't shut down that, power plants. Wasn't that what? Remember when like everybody thought that's what Anonymous was going to be? Right, right. And then Anonymous just right. kind of ended up being like a bunch of fucking. There was no coherent like. I think in the mid two thousands, late two thousands, maybe everybody was just mad at the system. And so there was really no coherent, like sort of like strategy or or ideology behind it. Was well, so anonymous was kind of coincided with Occupy a little bit, right? It kind of. Or is did. that the same kind of well, timeline? They, I forget. They now. happened around the same time. I remember it's like the Arab Spring, then Occupy, 
Anonymous was like Times Person of the Year or something. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah, you're right. And then um, Chelsea Manning and WikiLeaks. Nah. That was also around the same time. Man. How about like Julian Assange just being a total piece of shit? I mean, I guess the l- indications were all there the whole time, but... uh Yeah. But... I'd say there was plenty of anonymouses that were pieces of shit too. <laughs> they were all just like uh, I remember they give these like very cryptic warnings to like Joe Paterno. <laughs> <laughs> go to remember they do those like YouTube yeah. videos. Go <laughs> to the cops, Joe Paterno. We will not forgive. We will we not will forgive. Not forget. We will not forget. <laughs> it was just Obama. As he was anonymous, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you um, you ignored Mike McQuarrie's testimony. You uh, are out here smoking cloves on um, the streets of Wall Street. You're going to die in six days, but um, as your penance, we're going to steal all the money out of your saving out of your savings account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened? We, we need those. We need those guys. We need those are the kind of shooters we need. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it could be useful to have somebody on our side who could shut down a power plant, a dam. Huh? Yeah? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Steal people's money. It probably wouldn't be good, actually. No one no one DSA chapter should have all that power. <laughs> <laughs> So no one should have a DSA chapter. Right, right. Um, what else we got? Got any other good ones over there? Oh, let's see what we got here. Oh, We can move on to the next item of interest if you'd like. We don't let's have to say. stay on the... There are several websites that use the term Appalachia. <laughs> and, I invi- <laughs> and I invite you to call, but when you call, several of them are rude to you. Wait, what do you... Several websites use and invite you to call. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just okay. keep reading; it'll make sense to you. But when you <laughs> you call, several of them rude to you. Why do they post their phone number on their website if they don't want you to call and ask questions? <laughs> you can call Apple Shop and ask questions, and they don't seem to mind. You can call WMT FM, especially on Monday nights at 10 p.m. Uh huh. And the DJs will talk to you. But if you call Appalachian Alliance. Alliance for Appalachian Voices. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. They tell you to call Appalachian Voices because they've got a newspaper. God bless you and have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's only funny if you actually work with these people and at that radio station. Exactly. And we do. And we do. Uh, the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself. One of the worst <laughs> things you've ever done is love thy neighbor. <laughs> Because when he gets a chance to stick it to you, he will do it. So just stay the heck away from him and be kind. <laughs> All right. It's not wrong. Oh, let's man. See. Oh, wait. Back to the Appalachia thing real quick. Oh, yeah. Let's not move on. <laughs> I was thinking of the other day about um uh the, the movie. Did you ever see the movie Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine like a movie like that? But it's a guy who every time he tries to say Appalachia, he can only say Appalachia. Like he's like, for for thirty five years we've been working in the central and southern apple southern app. <laughs> he's like looking around. Apple. <laughs> <laughs> And then once he actually yeah, says yeah, Appalachia, yeah. then like 
400 <laughs> app studies nerds dogpiling. Yeah. Um. You motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You've seen the bumper stickers. It's yeah. Appalachia. Just that look on his... <laughs> Long vowel. That's so funny. Yeah, pretty dumb. Pretty fucking dumb. Yeah. Um... So what's been going on? What's been going on? Shit, in your world? man. Um, I have been, uh, I've been googling pictures of Soviet era tennis players <laughs> to see if they're like wearing like corporate logos and stuff on their yeah. clothes. They they were. They were. Yeah, they were. Interesting. Adidas, Lacoste. They were early Lacosters. Really? Yeah. What uh, do you think that like? I guess. Um, is this tennis player beholden to like a certain government? Like, could you just be a tennis player and probably they're beholden to the? F- no, you have to represent your whatever your country's federation is. Like, you couldn't really? be autonomous <laughs> from a country and <laughs> I'm a citizen of the world. Well, I suppose you could, but you wouldn't get very far because like they're the like country's federation is who sponsors your you'd have to be ultra rich oh okay be able to fund your own travel which is like not cool either so do you think <laughs> there's like a discrepancy then between like the the tennis players and the uh and the and the government was the government just wasn't enforcing that no i mean like they're they're like these bodies are like yeah i guess it's a fair point i mean huh good question damn revisionist ass tennis players Maybe the, tra- maybe, the, maybe the Soviets were like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Then I looked at some pictures, it looked like their shoes were falling apart and their like, gear was pretty raggedy, but I don't know if that's got anything to that do with it. That could have something to do with it. They could have got like hand-me-downs. Like, <laughs> the Soviet Union is like raiding dumpsters. <laughs> 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 yeah. Could you imagine they're sending the Red Army over like KGB operatives to like raid Nike dumpsters? Like Four dumpster XL diving? polo shirts. <laughs> Shit like that shit that they threw out. Yeah, I want to. I want to. That'd gov- be pretty tight if that's what they really did. I want a government that rate that dumpster dives. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a dumpster diver for the government. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, Alex said that you had to. Uh, wh- what did she say? You had to explain yourself or your story. On, yeah, we had a work call and on a work call, everybody went around and had to tell their connection to Appalachia. And- <laughs> I said, "Well, I'm." Did you say you're of and from these mountains? I said, "I'm." I said, "I'm of and from these mountains, and so is my art." What was the response to that? Uh, they were like, "So, Joanne, <laughs> you're next." Oh fuck, dude! I'm Tom. <laughs> he, him pronouns. Blah blah blah. Oh, that's cool. I'm from and of these mountains. From and of these mountains. Yeah, but it's funny because like everybody had to answer the same question: "What's your connection to Appalachia?" And a lot of them were like, you could tell they were just like fucking like hipster nerds who were like, "Well, the old family homestead." Anybody that tells me that the old family homestead <laughs> is somewhere in the mountains, I know you're not a real fucking hillbilly because nobody has a family homestead. Exactly. Okay, <laughs> it's true. If you did, then you didn't experience the crushing poverty that comes with living here, and so I tend to think that. Right, because no one owns land here. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. <laughs> it's like the cold. It's a dead giveaway. That you're full of shit, or or you're a rich person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is fine. You know, you can, whatever. But uh, 
But it is weird how, like, the whole notion of Appalachian identity, it has this sort of, like, component of poverty romanticization to it. Yeah. So it's it's really, like, once you sort of box yourself in with that, yeah, um, it's really funny to watch people sort of try to worm their way back out of it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm Appalachian. I grew up in uh, a little suburb outside of Asheville. Or Knoxville. Are there suburbs outside of Pittsburgh, yeah. I'm talking out of my ass, man. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Nashville might be a hair bit too small to have suburbs. (laughs) But but yeah, I get what you're saying. You're from Brevard. 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 That's how they say it down there. Brevard. Yeah, no. um, Yeah, no, that's cool. I don't know what my connection to Appalachia would be. If you look at the strictest geographical maps, you're from Greater Appalachia. Yeah, there was a little bit of an uproar over that this week. Did you see that? Uh Yeah, it was... uh, Somebody had posted... There was an op-ed by a guy who made that that map that said that... Oh, yeah, the New York Times. Yeah, the New York Times. It said that there was like cultural regions in the United States and that eastern New Mexico was part of Greater Appalachia. That's right. And then like... (laughs) There was, uh, God, it was so disingenuous. I forget, I've already forgotten about it, but it's almost like they were like trying to play that map off as like a legitimate like electoral map. They were. <laughs> yeah. You're right. They weren't forthcoming about what it actually meant, and that it was yeah. like entirely the arbitrary contrivance of a single writer, yeah. of a single op-ed yeah, contributor. Completely fucking yeah. ridiculous. But I could, you're right, I could say that. I, I could just start saying that like it's fact. Like, listen, I'm from Eastern New Mexico. You don't understand. We've got, it's culturally, it's greater Appalachia. It's greater Appalachia, <laughs> yeah. And, and it doesn't even fucking matter is the thing. Like, who cares where the fuck anybody's from? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You you know, uh, where you're from is a important part of your identity, right? It says a lot yeah. about you and it says a lot about like why you are the way you are. But <clears throat> at the same time, I've lived in at this point in um you know, New Mexico, Texas, and Kentucky with brief interludes in West Virginia and North Carolina. People are pretty much the same everywhere you go. <laughs> Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's some differences here and there, but aside from like just being a quirky factoid about who you are, yeah, you know, putting it as the forefront of your identity is. I mean, if that's your thing, go for it. I'm not, whatever. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, but I I think that you know maybe identity's hard. In 2018, maybe I used to make fun of Eric Aris because his his uh, social media profiles. I'll say <laughs> the first thing is like <laughs> half Filipino. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, that's kind of a funny thing to lead with. But I guess if like you are, you know, if you're like kind of racially ambiguous maybe it's just best to like for the sake of yeah to kind of get out and just say like you know well he, here's what i think is behind all this white people always have that burning question <laughs> where are you really from what kind of brown are you yeah it's really fucked up but it's really funny that you say that it's funny you mentioned that because um i've i was thinking about this the other day and it's because i was listening to this podcast 
um, the Dig podcast, and they had this guy in there. I don't fucking remember his name now. Jacob Fry, maybe. It, but it was a it was a it was a it was an episode about um, like white ethnicities. I don't know how to say it other than to <coughs> say that like white ethnic people, whites, yeah, ethnic whites. Like yeah. people are always trying to evade the responsibility for white supremacy and and slavery and, and hegemony and all these things by, by pointing out they're Irish, exactly Irish American <laughs> or <Italian> Serbian, <laughs> Appalachian, even too. And exactly that's yeah. the point I wanted to make. That yeah. Appalachian American or Appalachian or whatever serves a very similar function. Very similar. function. It's basically function. to say, like, look. And almost in our early days, I'd argue that I, I, we almost waded into that a little bit. You did we? Yeah, I mean, uh, I did that interview with Katie Hale for that one time that I'm not terribly proud. of. <laughs> <laughs> I've still never listened to it. Don't, so don't don't. <laughs> If you do, if Sorry you go back, if you subscribe, it. I think it's on our Patreon. It is on our so Patreon. if you go, if you're a Patreon subscriber, <laughs> or you, you know, uh, are thinking about it, and just skip over that one. <laughs> but did you? I said some dumbass shit like, "Man, my granddad was paid in script, and that's just like a couple of notches away from slavery." It's like, okay, but that's a little. <clears throat> that's a that's a little off base. I see what you're going for. I see the point you're trying to make, man. But yeah, I was new to the left. Not really new <laughs> to the left, but like, well, you know, it's um, I wanted mine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's again. This is this this is uh, this notion of um, you know, culpability and and responsibility and and. When it comes down to you know white supremacy and your complicity in it, it's like white people are very good at sort of evading responsibility. Yeah, yeah, fracturing out like their their sort of responsibility and complicity in that. Yeah. And so it's like, oh wow, I'm Appalachian or uh, I'm you know from West Texas dirt farmers. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like we had it hard too. And it's like, um, I'm not saying that you didn't, but. Uh, there's yeah, really yeah. no comparable experience to having your have being stolen from a continent, having your family members sold off, being to- thrown into this hellscape of just violence, <laughs> despair, uh, and and plus the, the big thing though the really the big thing about it is that like most modern American wealth is still a product of all of that all of that so, so whether you know whether you want to acknowledge it or right, not right. you are but also another thing i've been thinking of with the appalachian thing too is like you know in that whole conversation nobody ever wants to talk about like the native americans we slaughtered off here before we claimed these men you know what i'm saying like well it is a funny way to make people woke people's brains like sort of melt down. yeah particularly people <laughs> that just are the true believers in these like uh you know uh, this whole Appalachian thing, but, uh, well, so there's that, but then also, uh, ah, fuck, <coughs> take it away, I'm brain fogging again. Oh, this is okay. Keto, baby. Hold on a second, I gotta. So yeah, so the point, the larger point 
which is that um oh I, what i was going to say is that there is a um i think a lot of people in like woke circles that are like really into the appalachian thing also uh don't really know about appalachia is different from from the rest of what could be considered southern in in that our most vile racial histories have been kind of scrubbed from the history books a little bit. Yeah. I didn't mean to make that sound so cooky. I've been scrubbed from the history books. But like, I mean, we were lynching fucking Italians in East Tennessee. <laughs> right. I'm saying pretty damn racist. Right, right, right. Uh, well, and there was some really, there's there's some really fucked up, insane stuff that happened in West Virginia around like salt mining and salt. Yeah, if you ever heard of the phrase back to the salt mines, like for your job. Yeah. It's got a, a racial, pretty co- racial, but also, I mean, also just class 10 sort of yeah. fucked up thing to it, but yeah. Yeah, um, you're right. It's It all goes back to this question that we've asked a lot on the show, which is, is Appalachia exceptional? <laughs> you get locked in, it's really hard to sort of break out of that, because it's yeah. like, yeah, it is. I mean, it really is, but at the same time, <laughs> is, it, is it though? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe the difference is that, like, there was no... So, I think a lot of people generally sort of look at slavery like there's two kinds of, of um, you know, like, you've got slavery, just sort of, like, isolated incidences of it, but then you've got slave societies, like America, pre-Civil War, um, Russia, you know, during, like, the serfs, you know, like, serfdom and everything. Um, Brazil, where like the entire productive capacity of the of society is, um, f- is fed by slave labor. Yeah, all the institutions that grow up around it are are created by that. But ma- I don't know if that really extended into parts of eastern Kentucky and eastern Tennessee and shit the way that it had in the Deep South. And so I think. Well, yeah, I mean, there was. I mean, in Knott County, the slaves worked in the coal mines. Damn. Yeah, there's, there's, oh, yeah, we talked about yeah, that. There's a little anecdote in the history of Corporal Fess Whitaker, which is, if you can find a copy for less than $900. That, that's a foundational that. text of the Trillbillies, by the it way. It is. You have to read that. But it's weird because, <laughs> I, and I, it makes me curious if, because in that book, if I'm not mistaken, the guy, when he's talking about like his father that owned slaves, and when Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, he said something that my dad hated to let his little Jack go. Like, I think Jack's a pejorative word for uh-huh. for your black slave. And he was like, but when the greatest American that ever lived says you have to free him, you had to free him. <laughs> and it was That's like... crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. But <clears throat> also it kind of made me think because, <clears throat> and I'm not saying this is the case, but... Jack tails are a popular thing in Eastern Kentucky. You think that's where it comes from? And well, I think I don't know if it's like it morphed into something innocuous, but I think it probably started out some, as something kind of racist. I yeah. think it's probably like you know. Anyway, yeah, we should have an actual scholar on here to too. Yeah, <laughs> Bob Hutton or anybody else that listens to the show knows. Let's know. We're talking about yeah. our out of our ass about something very sensitive too. So. Yeah, <laughs> which is what which is kind of on brand, but right, right. <clears throat> we like to talk about we like to inexperienced, didly 
how do you put that into an ad- adverb? Talk about things that we don't know shit about. Well, here's the thing, though. This is relevant, though, um, because of this article I wanted to to talk about on the show today. I'm kind of bummed Tanya's not here because I kind of wanted her to. I kind of wanted to see her face when we brought it up, just because I just can picture it in my mind, like this sort of look with disgust on her face. Like, why would you click on this? (laughs) Oh God! But it's the one that was going around in the Washington Post. Um, about white and in the minority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the reason I wanted to talk about it, um, because I think it's kind of interesting for a few reasons. It's by a guy who shares my namesake, which I'm not too crazy about. First I, of all, also just before you get into this, I I was trying to be scathing and biting, but ended up with my fucking worst tryhard Ernest <laughs> tweet ever the other day. It was like, "Hey, Terrence, whatever." <laughs> which rich, which, which rich guy that has a vested interest in keeping blacks and whites separate? I saw that, <laughs> and I was like, after I after I put up there and let it marinate, I was like, God damn, that's that's uh, good job, Sexton. I th- I thought it was uh, I thought what you're going for at least. <laughs> <laughs> the the trouble with Ernest being Ernest. Well, it's hard. I mean, I I made a few tweets about it and deleted them because I felt like I could I wasn't really. Exp- Explaining myself very well, um, but there's just a few points I want to make about it. Uh, the first, you know, there's a bunch of obvious points to make about it. So the article's in the Washington Post. It's called "White and in the Minority." She speaks English. Her coworkers don't. Inside a rural chicken plant, white struggle to fit in. Um, and in the on the cover of it, you got this man and this woman, sort of. Uh, you know the photo of it is is very um, symbolic of the story and analogy he's trying to make. It's you know they're white couple sort of huddled up uh, at this table alone. Yeah, which is funny because there's a white guy behind them. <laughs> Whatever. Holes <laughs> <laughs> being poked in this already. That would complicate the narrative. Um, but you know, and then sort of all around them is a bunch of um, Hispanic workers. Um, it's by a guy named Terrence McCoy. Uh, giving a giving Terrence is out there a bad name. Oh, puss ass boy! <laughs> yeah, not a lot of people are named Terrence, and uh, and I'm maybe the only person I know. I'm definitely the only person I've ever met who spells it the way I do. I don't do that. My parents did that. I can't take credit for what my parents did. <laughs> spells it the way I did. I chose to spell it. That's what your name's yeah. going to be. You spell it how you want to, son. I came out. I came out the womb like listen. For 35 years. <laughs> Central and Southern App. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's a very f- interesting article. I read the entire thing. And the prose with which... I've, I've followed this reporter for a while. And I even... <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where he lives and everything about him. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like Robert De Niro and Taxi Driver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You ever seen what a snub nose thirty eight can do to a reporter's <laughs> asshole? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean I followed him for a while, and I even mentioned to you a few months ago I wanted to do an episode about his writing. I don't know if you remember this or not, but the reason I wanted to do an episode about it is because he's written a lot about Eastern Kentucky and about Appalachia, <laughs> and um, and he's got a very distinct style. Um, his his writing, his prose, is very sort of like punchy. It's very commanding. It's it like he 
he's a good writer. I'll I'll say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and but he's in the wrong line of work. He should be a fiction writer. He should be a fucking fiction writer. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, the thing is, is like, um, he, you know, he writes this whole entire article. You've got, I mean, I've got what fucking seventeen goddamn pages here. This motherfucker's huge. And the whole point, you know, like I, I sort of mentioned on Twitter, when I was talking to Scott Benson, as I mentioned on Twitter, like it opens with this analogy of them sort of like huddled together. Um, while the sort of walls of diversity close in around them. And he uses prose to sort of, um, he uses, what he does is he uses a prosaic device to sort of imply that sense of urgency. What he does is he's like, they've got seven minutes, they've got eight, ten minutes till the break is over. And he, and he'll interject seven minutes left, five minutes left. It's like a ticking a clock. It's like, it's uh. a device that is intentionally supposed to show like it's supposed to mirror, I guess, like the white the urgency. Yes, the the urgency. The countdown <laughs> till uh, white genocide. <laughs> exactly. You know Exa- how like they have those doomsday <laughs> clocks. It's exactly. It's what like <laughs> a a white genocide clock. The editors at the Washington Post, they've made an announcement like, "Oh, to, to, we're moving the doomsday <clears throat> clock one minute closer to white genocide." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, that that that's kind of like what the he's trying to do. Two minutes left, one minute left, or whatever. You know what I mean? And uh, and then and they're pressing closer together as more and more Mexicans come around them and talk <laughs> fucking Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and um and it's and it's and it's totally absurd because then they start you know they they go into uh. Her difficulties, the woman's difficulties with not being able, and this is legitimate. I'm not saying it's not. Like if you work in a in a work environment that's dangerous, it's important to be able to talk. For sure. This, or at least be able to communicate basic concepts and ideas with your coworkers. Yeah. But first of all, <laughs> <laughs> I've worked in workplaces where I've been the only person really who talks English, and it's pretty badass. <laughs> Like, no one talks to you. You just sit, get to sit there. I, one of the things I fucking hate about working is having to talk to coworkers. It's actually a pretty badass scenario when you don't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> just fucking sit there, eat your sandwich, watch the fucking telenovelas on the TV, and go about your day. Well, that's just me. But I don't know. But no, people really do need to be able to connect with each other, and if it's a dangerous work environment, they need to be able to communicate. All right. But he's... Spills all this fucking ink, basically showing how that's a problem. <laughs> basically, spills all this ink to tell these people, or not to tell these people, but perhaps all this trouble could have been avoided if they just learned the word peligro. <laughs> that's the thing. She's not a fucking idiot. Okay, first of all, she could learn that. Yeah. But like the 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 author the author himself and the article is doing a lot of hefty heavy lifting, a heavy a lot of heavy races lifting for the couple in the middle of the story. You know, they're just just sort of garden variety white people, uh, racist. Probably haven't really given it a whole lot. Just of your just your garden variety reactionary <laughs> tendencies that exist in the WWC, yeah. baby. <laughs> the white working class Trump country, but the motherfucking right? WWC, <laughs> right? But it's not. But like, like I said, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting for this couple, yeah. and he's putting a lot of ideas on the table for them to absorb and agree with. I don't know. Like I said, on Twitter, he's working with a specific framing. And I've met people personally who have met this writer and know that that's what he does. But I'll talk a little bit more about that. So he's a racist. (laughs) I don't know. 
we'll tease that out. Let, okay. We'll explicitly explore that. Stick right. a pin in that. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't go so far. Okay, he's white. Yeah, he's probably he works for the Washington Post. He's probably a racist. Probably a racist. <laughs> That's a safe. Right, right, right. But but how racist but is how it? racist in what message is he trying to convey? Okay, so he goes through all this sort of like I said work. He goes to like her boyfriend's mechanic shop and talks to a bunch of white people and about how like oh they're just coming over here taking our job. Do you think he tries to like like pull the racism out of them? It's kind it's of like when you go when you go home and. <laughs> You stick that case knife under your grease-laced <laughs> fingernails and you pluck it away. You just know that you spent all day just fucking uh, changing these people's oils and their yeah goddamn Audis. All those all those Indian doctors driving their Audis. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know yeah. yeah, I mean? yeah. Well, that's kind of the impression I get because the anecdote, the very last anecdote he uses in this article, invalidates. Everything that he puts before it, I'm ser- I'm being 100% serious. This is the anecdote he ends the article on. The white woman at the center of the story goes to work. She's standing outside waiting for her shift to start. Then a Spanish woman, a group of them actually, come up to her. <laughs> Spanish-speaking woman. Okay. Come- did he? I started saying. Did he say Spanish? <laughs> My bad, Spanish speaking. Right. <laughs> Spaniards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they come up to her and they hug her. And they're nice to her. And they're talking to her. They're trying to like include her in their fucking whatever. So it's just like, okay, first of all, the first thing that's wrong is that you've, you've got this framework where they've prioritized the grievances and misery or whatever of white people. Yeah. Second of all... What is going on with these Spanish-speaking people outside of this factory? Sure, maybe they're the majority in this factory, but what happens to them once they step outside those walls and they go into the white supremacist society that we live in? Why is <laughs> yeah, sure you're the cock of the walk at the Purdue factory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I know what you're <laughs> Why is that not the story being written? Why is this the story being written? Right. I mean, like, me and my coworker Wes were joking about this. Could you imagine going to, like, Saskatchewan or Montreal or something and, like, showing this to a newspaper up there and being, and being like, <clears throat> like, <laughs> for, <laughs> could you imagine this same article framework for, like, French-speaking workers? You know what I mean? Like, white French-speaking workers in, like, yeah. Saskatchewan? It wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. Because the whole point... <laughs> The whole point is to like invoke this like sort of the whole point is to invoke white as normal and as hegemonic yet and as immune something that should be immune from all the other things. Everybody else should have to (laughs) contort themselves around right exactly our normal exactly exactly and that the white people in the story shouldn't have to be doing the kind of work that the Spanish speaking people in the story are doing, which. You know, no one should have to be doing that kind of work. And I'm not I'm not saying that, like, you know, one of the... What, so, like, for example, one take I did see on the internet was, like, they don't talk about how good these jobs are. That's the bad... That's a wrong take because these jobs aren't good. They're fucking awful. <laughs> but, that, again, that's not the story either. Yeah. The story here is specifically about how white people are having it worse <laughs> than anybody because they're, they're isolated. They're par- paradoxically... <laughs> Yeah. It's the, y, the WWC that has it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's right. 
But this is um, <clears throat> and what was that was my whole thing when I like heard that I was like. Did nobody give this guy the memo that the whole WWC Trump country, like that whole grift ended like <laughs> April 2017? Like he's trying to just get as much mileage out of that as he can. Well, he's been a ma- a major perpetuator of that sort of yeah. concept and Sounds framework. Like it, yeah. Um, you know, so the reason and the reason I know about it and the reason why he's on my radar is because he wrote this series on disability fraud in Kentucky. Or not just disability fraud, but the, the SSI system the in Eric general. Con stuff. Sort of. It was more about like the system of social security benefits in general. And um they the in the Washington Post is so it's so bizarre, man. They they totally like doubled down on this too. Um he they like made this story that made it sound like everybody and their fucking dog was getting disability checks. Which, first of all, it's incredibly difficult to get signed up for disability incredibly for SSI. Incredibly difficult. I mean, and and most of the people that get on it don't live very long. No, fuck no. <laughs> you 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 don't have a whole lot of time left, and you have to prove that you're so disabled that you cannot work. That's right. part of the thing. And if they're going to, they're not just going to like sign off on a lifetime of benefits and you. Don't exactly. Have a legitimate claim to that. Exactly. Yeah. Well, but they've they've perpetuated this idea in this story that in this narrative that like it's just a widespread issue that everybody like I said everybody and their fucking dog. It's is so that. stupid. It's also like food stamp fraud. <clears throat> like food stamp fraud is like percentage. Well, it's not even food stamps anymore. I should say right. Wick. Yeah. Snap. Yeah. Yeah. Fraud yeah. Is like percentages of percentages and everybody like always points to that like i think it's less than a hundred million dollars last year right in, in like like food benefits fraud yeah well so um and then there's one other story i wanted to talk about and i can't i'm not going to do it justice i just want to do the contours of it real quick he wrote a story from grundy virginia maybe about a year year and a half ago and this is very indicative of his kind of writing what did he what he does um is he'll he uh, and this is what he did with this story in Grundy. He goes into a, into a community and bases all of these conclusions essentially off of anecdotal evidence. And it's very convincing because, like I said, he's a very good writer. Yeah. And so, in in with That's the Grundy, poor journalistic integrity. <laughs> for, he's he's letting he's letting democracy die in the dark is what he's <laughs> that's what he's doing. Well, yeah, and I kind of suspect. Well, I, it's not fair for me to say he has an ulterior motive, but it is fair for me to say, and the story that he did in Grundy was he went in and he was basically talking about how um, there's this divide in the community over people who get unemployment benefits versus those who don't, um, and who's on the draw and, and versus who's not, and who's working and who's not. Again, one paragraph in this entire fucking story was devoted to actual empirical statistics the rest of it was all anecdotal evidence and this shit is almost the exact same way you imagine (laughs) if we went out here and like we're just writing some sort of thing for a major outlaw like that on strictly anecdotal evidence (laughs) you imagine the bat shit nuts things that we would get dude it's the it's it's the like we've said before it's the unicorn coal miner it's the bathist coal miner i mean it's like Anything exists anywhere. I anywhere. mean, like you, you can find, find anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. and you can make anything say anything you want. Exactly. Yeah. But 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 you can't extrapolate that out. So, um, but where this gets really sinister, in my opinion, is he's also written a couple of stories on the alt right. 
He's written uh, specifically. There was one that he wrote about a group of Charlottesville, uh, a group of neo Nazis that essentially went to Charlottesville, and then he wrote one about like, um, maybe he was also too a neo Nazi that went to Charlottesville. But basically, the idea of <laughs> Terrence himself was a <laughs> neo Nazi. <I'm> <laughs> no, the guy he covered. I'm sorry. Maybe he was there with the torch himself. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that clears up a lot of <laughs> this guy's the dark. Terrence. Our questions about ulterior motive. <laughs> this guy's dark Terrence. He's anti Terrence. Yeah. <laughs> he's Wario. He's yeah. Wario he's... <laughs> to your Mario. Yeah, he's Warence. <laughs> he uh, or Wa Terrence. Maybe that would be better. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. And you know, you can you can sort of like have a debate over whether it's useful to sort of cover and humanize the Nazis and and, and look into what their uh, beliefs are or whatever else. But what I guess what I'm particularly confused by is um, if, if you, you know, and it's a point that we've made a lot on the show, is that, like, if you work at an organization who's... Um, if you work at an organization who is all the time talking about how you're losing money, you don't have any resources to cover this, that, and the other, who are you identifying as the villains in society? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, whose side who are you taking? And, you know, it is important to be on the side, obviously, of white poor people working in factories. Obviously, that's a project of the left. But, like, putting them in sort of like diametrical opposition, know, opposition to their brown counterparts yeah, is not right right it's not helping anybody it's certainly only helping the alt-right which this guy seems to have a weird fascination with yeah. he seems to have a weird fascination with white grievance in general yeah in a way that for me just doesn't feel very productive and the fact that like i said he's been very uh, cavalier with a lot of statistics they use, especially in like this disability story and everything. You make him a case to fire Terrence from the. <laughs> 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 sounds sounds like you're. Uh, I'm just saying, uh, this is a whisper network. If you ever come across a journalist named Terrence McCoy, run far away yeah, or tell give them some really hilarious actually that's see what if, we need yeah. to start doing we need it's to like <laughs> that game where you like you start a rumor and see how how much it changes when it gets back to you yeah that's what we need to start doing man uh apple shop you know was we're gonna take back the narrative we're gonna start creating our own media and then maybe you can maybe the opposite end of that spectrum is just just don't talk to the media at all we're just going to start giving them false stories yeah <laughs> The Mathis Coal Miner. Mathis Coal Miner, dude. It's the wildest shit you've ever seen. The wildest shit you've ever seen, exactly. Man, this story, when I first saw it, uh, it made me think of when when I was in college, we had to do this like group presentation over... Um, it's funny because this was my first exposure to ice. Like, like This is like 2009... Ice probably hadn't been in existence but a handful of years yeah. at that point. And like, we, like the assignment was like just take all these government agencies and just report what they do. And so... <laughs> really? That's a... <laughs> yeah. That's so like, a mail like, in an assignment. If, if you, like... We, and we got ice. And we... Uh, <laughs> so, like... And my stance on ice is just that, like... You know, like... It, let's just take away the moral imperative to, like... You know... 
protect immigrants and keep families together and all that stuff. They're just a useless law enforcement agency. Like, all they do besides, like, terrorize immigrants is, like, fucking confiscate fake Gucci bags from fucking flea markets. (laughs) Yeah. Right. It's like, we really can do without... Like, seriously, we can really do without them. Even if you're not a leftist, you can really do without them. You'll be just fine. You'll be... I mean, they provide no value to society. But anyway, so there was this girl, and she was like... she was like this Pentecostal girl, and I could only tell because I came out of it, and I could always spot the, the denim skirt anywhere. <laughs> and, uh, like, she didn't do fucking shit for the whole project. You know, we're putting together a presentation or whatever, whatever. Classic. And Classic like, for you later. And, like, so she just pops up, and we're like, well, here, just, you know, we'll just fucking say this, you know, yeah, right, or whatever. Right. Well, yeah, we go through our presentation or whatever, and then, like, we talk about, like, why we, you know, think... ISIS, you know, like what our opinions are of it. And, you know, and what we came to was that, like, it seems pretty useless to have a full agency right. <laughs> devoted to, like, counterfeiting and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's, know, immigration right. or whatever. And, uh, uh, this, the girl that didn't show up to anything, she goes, now hold on a second. Like, went totally rogue on us. Like, now hold on a second. <laughs> And so, like, every, like, all you had to do was show up. All you had to do was stand there and say three goddamn sentences off a of post note. She goes, I'm not sure I feel like that. She goes, God damn You see, it. I come from a small town in Montgomery County, Kentucky. I'm of and from these hills. <laughs> these central Appalachian <laughs> hills. Or not even Appalachian, central Kentucky hills. Right, the bluegrass. Uh, and she goes, I can't even put my finger on it, but I don't agree with that at all. She goes, all I know is this, is ever since the Mexicans showed up in Montgomery County, everything has changed, and not for the better. What? what and, and, like, in our profiles and courage moment, we said, we don't co-sign this, and furthermore, she didn't show up to a goddamn <laughs> thing. <laughs> But she just stays slow to roll and been yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm firmly in the camp of never rat out anybody. However, never rat out anybody, even the laziest bastard in your circle. However, if they go on a racist tirade, <laughs> it's cool to snitch. It's all right to snitch. Right. Unless they're your, like your coworker or whatever. Yeah. Um, even then, yeah, have a talk with them outside of... Exhaust every option before you snitch, yeah. but just know... Right, 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 right. In a pinch, you can snitch on a racist. Well, what I'm... <laughs> What I'm really interested in is the fact that th- that's not new. I mean, if you were, you could uh, theoretically have written this same article about Lake Whitesburg a hundred years ago when it was Syrians and Italians yeah, coming Italians, to, and you know, and, and yeah. you've got a lot of people that also don't speak English. Yeah, obviously, you had your reactionary racist back then too, but like. I guess what I'm wondering is like why these articles are just popping up all of a sudden, right? Yeah. 20 years ago, you didn't see stuff like this in yeah. major American media outlets. Am I yeah. r- I mean I could be wrong. I'm a pretty young guy, right? 20 years ago I was 10. What I know when I was 10. Huh? The most I knew was that Bill Clinton guy's dick sucked. Well, actually that's even that's a lie. <laughs> he probably Coerced Monica Lewinsky. Into <laughs> yeah, something. I started to say that's a <laughs> hard lib term for you, pal. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, uh, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. 
Um, and uh, it, it is, it's just interesting now. And and they've all got this like sort of imperative tied to them. Like these articles that are like, the whites, they're going to be minorities. Like they, they, like they themselves create that framework. And sure, if you go to enough communities and tell poor white people that they're about to be in the minority. That their, that their clock at the Washington Post <laughs> is ticking. Right. You're going to get the quotes you want. Let's start. I'm going to start that rumor. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm going to go out here and be like, listen, this is, you're not going to believe this, but I've seen it with my own eyes. The Washington Post <laughs> newspaper actually has a clock on their wall. <laughs> and all these social scientists and all these people in the know. That's what democracy and darkness stands. That's what it means. It's a, <laughs> It's cryptic. De- it's democracy racist. dies in the democracy dark. Democracy dies in, in the, the dark. dark. That's right. It's racist. What it means is that the darker this country becomes, the more democracy dies. If if that if that wasn't so racist, I swear I'd go propagate that right now. That's so fucking funny. I mean, it's basically though. It's basically true. <laughs> it's basically. I mean, true. it's it's true that like I think the Washington Post is. I mean, dude, they've always been a conservative ass fucking paper. Don't get me wrong; they're pieces of uh, shit. Dude, they uh, cop for the Iraq War. You must have, you must have slept through the post. <laughs> I definitely did not. I saw it with you, didn't I? I wanted to sleep through the post. <laughs> I, I don't remember who I saw it with. Yeah, we was, saw it together. It was really yeah. fucking dumb. Yeah. Um. Jesus Christ. Meryl Streep played a wine mom. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they had to make a really important decision about Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it did have one of my. It did have an actress in it that I'm a huge fan of. Is and she's in that show, The Leftovers. And I'm blanking on her name. Anyways, anyways. In closing. In closing. Yeah, I gotta scoop out of here. Well, um, yeah, no, I'm glad we were able to cover that article. I wanted, um. I, I wanted to just roast our our man, uh, Terrence. Terrence McCoy. Yeah. Actually, when bit. I was talking about it, like you were introducing him earlier, I was like Terrence McCoy, but then I thought, no, nah, that's the guy that uh, is Tyga, the rapper's cousin, that's in that <laughs> band, uh, Gym Class Heroes. But that's Travis. Oh fuck! What happened to that band? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Damn. Well, yeah, that that pretty much covers just about everything. Um. Speaking of ICE, though, there was a Senate hearing yesterday on on the child separation zero tolerance policy. Yeah, it's, it's fucking bleak, man. Just the uh, entitlement that these assholes have. Just, just to, like to, you know, the idea that they can't be challenged on anything. Yeah, you know <clears throat> that like we're just doing our jobs. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's really, it's really dark, man. What's really crazy though is you've got like John Cornyn and, and um Chuck Grassley and and all these people. Uh, again, this just goes to show you that there is no space. There's no distance between Trump and John Cornyn and these assholes because these people were basically just um totally um just totally like fluffing up ice and border patrol during this entire hearing. Just like you do amazing work. Don't listen to these libs in here try to tell you. And then Diane Feinstein's like, well, we're just going to get to the bottom of this. Dude, we're got- not here to point <laughs> fingers at anybody. <laughs> they've got no teeth. No. Senator if Lee- I was Diane Feinstein, <laughs> I would say, 
uh, we've actually created a military force made up of everybody that bought the Elon Musk flamethrower. <laughs> And now their new agency uh, is some acronym with called Melt Ice. It's called M E L T I C E. Right. Yeah. No, they've got no teeth. Senator Leahy's up there, like literally forgetting, like losing his train of thought halfway through what he's saying. He's like, "Uh, What is the border? What are you supposed to do? Answer my question. What is the priority of your. (laughs) Dude, it's. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. Well, um, anyways, uh, sign up for uh, our Patreon, everybody. Yeah, it's the first of the month. Yeah. Uh, Cut in, wake up. Does that mean we're going to get paid soon? Yeah, we're going to get paid get tomorrow. Paid. Uh, sign up for our Patreon. Um, you can find us on tri- at Tribbly Workers Party. Um, Patreon.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party, no apostrophe. Right. It's not clear if we're even using that apostrophe, right? But I... <laughs> That's a good point. I've thought about that. At my office, we use the the S apostrophe. Yeah. Um, That's the subject know. to much debate, but I don't know how I feel know. about it. But uh, yeah. I feel like there's something... Being grammar police is classes, so... Yeah. Let's just drop it. Right, right. I feel like there's something else I wanted to plug, and I can't remember what it was. I think it's um, tomorrow night in Harlan... There's a Slut Pill concert. The slut Pills. Um, Carrie Wells and the Slut Pills. Yeah, and Tanya's... Boo is playing that, and and Tanya, I think, is going to be interviewing them next week for either a public, a free episode, or a Patreon. I can't remember which, but we will let you know. So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, have a great week. These episodes go a lot smoother when I don't get absolutely bogged out of my head, stoned before every episode. I could actually focus on what I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, God. But it could also be my chair. Could be this chair. Keeping me honest. It's, yeah, it's the hard chair. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you all on the other side.